Now, we have talked about this before, but I want you to go back to your National Theater School days and think about exactly what this has been. Is, is it a soap opera? Is it a drama? Is it a melodrama? It was insane, but all's well that ends well, right? It's, uh, I think, harkening back to my theater days, more like a tragedy, I think. Really? <laughs> that having, you know, my theater days uh, correspond with the building of the Olympic Stadium and debt, uh, civic debt, uh, and all that type of thing. And cities basically getting themselves involved in sports projects, which never really pan out the way they want to. So I would think that this would be more of a tragedy uh, for taxpayers. Oh, my goodness, really? So, I, Because we do know, I mean, every study shows, right, Bruce, that, that no jobs are created after, after, a stady, after an arena is built, right? Well, here's a couple of things. First, first of all, the, the, the kind of blueprint for building arenas and stadia has changed. You don't just build a stadium now. You build an entertainment center, an entertainment zone around it. The perfect example of that is the Scotiabank Center in downtown Toronto, which used to be the Air Canada Center. Uh, it was the old postal building. Uh, the, the owners were given that building and rights to land around it to develop. And what happened was they created condos, they created restaurants, they created open-air areas. Uh, you saw last year when the Raptors were making the run for the NBA championship, they would have all the people on the sidewalks outside. That whole idea of uh, developing entertainment centers and, and a tax base around the arena is the new sort of little carrot that they're using. So, yes, we're building an arena, but we're also going to upgrade all the area around that, and it's now going to be a tax base to uh, bring money back to the cities. Now, it, this thing hasn't been, this, this plan hasn't been in, in, in the works that long that we can tell the long-term value of it. It seems to have some value, but at the end of the day, it's still, if you're living out in the north part of, let's say, Toronto, or you're living up by the airport in Calgary, how much does it help you that the, uh, that the east village of Calgary is being gentrified and there's restaurants and all that sort of stuff? I mean, that's, that's what it gets back to. And the second part for your listeners, I have to tell you, is, is that the city of Calgary is in enormous financial straits at the moment. Uh, we've lost 30% of our tax base, our commercial tax base. Uh, uh, our businesses, uh, our office business office towers are sitting empty downtown, has one-third empty. Uh, the, the city government just transferred an entire whack of debt onto the, to the pu- uh, private uh, property holders. In my own particular case, my taxes have gone up 18% in one year and are probably going to go up a similar amount next year because they have no money for, for, for uh, uh, doing the projects that they need to do. So now we have this entire dilemma about, yes, we want the hockey team to stay. Yes, we want the arena. But who's going to pay for it? It looks like it's going to be on the backs of the property tax holders. Now, these, the, the city and the owners were serious, at serious loggerheads. What finally pushed these guys to, to put it together? Was it just the fact that, they're gonna, that the city's coming up with the tax money? I think there was a lot of political pressure on the people. Uh, I think people initially were happy that the mayor of Calgary, Nahed Nenshi, was you know looking out for their interests. It wasn't going to be a, just a pushover. I think people liked that in the early days. Uh, I think a lot of people like the owners of the Flames because they keep a business here that uh, you know brings some value to living in the city, etc. But uh, at, at the end of the day, people just got bored with the to and fro and uh, come on, get something done. We want this team to stay. There's, we, we want some sort of a solution here. Uh, the owners... The owners are very rich people too. We're talking. We're not talking millionaires. We're talking billionaires here. So that also adds to the 
to the animus uh, between the, the the taxpayers and the city, uh, and, and I think that also kind of sparked this thing getting done by the powers that be. That they they understood that the people who they were building this for and doing this for were not happy, and the longer they took, the more chances they had of a not getting elected again or having their businesses affected. Okay, last thing then, you and you, God knows, you know, you've written about this as much as anyone and know as much about it as anyone. This is an example of how the sports world is changing, in fact, because I've, I've only been to one game out in Calgary because my brother lives out there, but it was wonderful. It was an old-fashioned arena. It was sort of, it was hockey at its roots. I mean, it was like almost open air in a crazy way, and now we're going to go with the big sky boxes, the fancy arena. What are we, are, are, is it my imagination, or are we losing something? And one other thing I want to say about this is that I believe, I've always, and I don't, I've never discussed this with you, I think anybody that shows up at a hockey game or a football game and pays money to get in and is getting ripped off because they should be paid as a television extra. Because <laughs> I'm serious. I because, hear you. Because you know, you've hit on an interesting point, which is that, in fact, these arenas are now production centers for all sorts of things, not just sports shows, but entertainment shows, but, uh, all, all types of things. Uh, a lot of them have studios built into them where people can come and do work that has absolutely nothing to do with sports and produce TV shows, etc. So that, that is part of it. Uh, the sad Saddle Dome, just for people's edification, the Saddle Dome, I think, is the second oldest arena in the NHL at the moment. So What's the is, oldest? There's a little bit of a, of a throwback quotient to it, uh, that, that it was built for the 88 Olympics, and it, it, it's seen its day. Uh, and and we're, yes, we're going to have to have a glossy, state-of-the-art thing, because that's what people want. If you're going to try to get people out of their houses in this day and age, not our generation, mm-hmm. Hague, but you and me, uh, but, but the younger generation, if you want to get them out of their houses, ask them to pay 200 and 200 $250 for a ticket. You got to give them something okay. more than a, than a hard, cold seat and and uh, a, a lousy hot dog. You've got to do more than that, and that's what the new arenas are about. Okay, one other thing though. My point was though. Here's the thing, Mister D. You're watching. You're watching a, a an athletic event now. In boxing, you can take the commercials between rounds. In in uh, baseball, you can take it between innings. But I can't. I cannot believe that. You know, every six minutes or four minutes in a hockey game, time out. There's and and the guys just skate around aimlessly, having which has nothing to do with what's going on on the ice. It's like doing the to be or not to be soliloquy. And wait a minute, hold on, hold on a minute, hold on. We got to take a break here, uh, and and then and then Hamlet comes back and talks to Ophelia. I mean, it's total madness to me. But people will put up with anything, right? Well, Terry, if if the guy playing Hamlet. Wanted $25 million a year, they would take a pause and, and thank the sponsors at that point. That, okay. That's how it works. Okay. Uh, I remember talking to Harry Sinden, who used to be the general manager of the Boston Bruins, and I said, why don't you play fewer games? And he said, I says, he said, I have no problem with playing fewer games. He said, but try to talk to the players about taking less money. Because uh, he said, that'll be the result of it. And as soon as we say that to them, oh, never mind, let's keep playing 80 games. Let's have uh, interruptions for commercials and all that sort of stuff. I think an NHL game now, there's three designated media timeouts per period where they have to do that. So, But that ship has sailed, Terry. I mean, that's... Okay. All right. Story of my life. The ship has sailed. Okay. <laughs> as long as it's a nice ship. <laughs> well, it's, it's a catamaran. Okay. <laughs> I know you're in Florida, so uh, I'm bitter and angry that you're in Florida. So I'm going to let you go. Because you got to play golf, right? Florida. It's not warm for Florida. It's coolish for Florida. Oh, stop it. Perfect. What do you mean, coolish for Florida? What is it, 70? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. All right, over over and out from uh, to the to the snowbird in my life. You are the only one I know. Thanks, kid. Thanks, Hague.